Everybody and welcome to episode 177 of the Siren Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined this week by Solamente Jake. It's me, Mario. Uh, hey, everybody. It's the, uh, the hey, bears are not friendly edition. <laughs> Stay away. If you see a bear, don't try to pet it. Don't hug it. Don't bring it into your home. And let it use your facilities. It'll eat you. That's right, baby. <laughs> Peter's away. So that means the Sarasota's podcast is being replaced with the Paddington Power Hour, baby. <laughs> Paddington Power Hour. Coming at you live from jolly old England, I might. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fish and chips and all. <laughs> Smacking down the weather, yeah. Coming at you live from across the pond. <laughs> I can't keep this up. We'll get those Bro. bloody colonists back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get those bloody colonies back. We will, yeah. It's the true. Right, what's all this Brexit. then? <laughs> <laughs> this whole Brexit thing is all a cover up. They're just trying to get the colonies back. <laughs> yeah, they might want to start with the less developed colonies. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna start at the south. They're gonna turn the south against the north. Start another civil war, and then just come in and clean up the mess and take it back. United States uh, of England. United States. <laughs> they should, I mean, honestly, Canada would probably be easier to take back. Yeah. They seem to be okay with the whole notion. <laughs> well, they have to be okay with the whole blackface thing with Justin Trudeau. That was so... <laughs> I don't know. I I love seeing the uh, those types of people turn on each other. It just fills me with glee. It is. It's fantastic. It's, came out with some solid memes. Canada's canceled, everyone. I Can't, don't know what to tell yeah. you. I can't go in anymore. They're canceled. They got blown up on Twitter. Now they're deleting their Twitter accounts. They're making everything private. We're getting apology tweets. It's great. We're closing the borders. <laughs> Taxes are getting better. Paper prices are skyrocketing up there. It's nuts. The mooses are out of control. The meese. So, from what I've heard out of all this was a Canadian perspective on the job Justin Trudeau's doing. And apparently he's a pretty shitty prime minister. He's just less shitty than all the other people yeah around yeah that's what i've heard as well and uh, there's something wrong with their politics up there man like didn't the the last uh like was it the ontario like governor or something wasn't there a crackhead who was in power yes, yes I... <laughs> he was just notorious for doing a massive amount of like crack or cocaine or something yeah and he got like caught and then rehab and then he won re-election i think wow. and got caught again wow. yeah it was quite the saga Jeez. i might have been making some of that up but it's just sounds vague right memories of things that have been told to me many years ago <laughs> he'd leave behind white residue in the microphone after he made a, a speech or something <laughs> like oh what just is this? always be Flower? scratching his nose yeah. Oh, he, he he likes to bake. He uses a lot of flour and powdered sugar and whatnot. 
Mm-hmm. Why is he scratching his neck? <laughs> Y'all got any more of them vetoes? <laughs> Y'all got some of them votes? <laughs> That's better, yeah. That works better. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we, we decided to watch Paddington 1 uh, this yeah, week. Yeah, and- Peter is... Actually, not away. He has travel plans have changed, so he's just taking the week off. Um, in claims that he's going to start going through the um, streams from last week and and making the highlights. So we'll uh, we'll see how much progress he makes on that mm-hmm. in the uh, time we're rolling here. Um, so yeah, he's he's off today. Uh, Jake and I, keeping with tradition going with the Paddington Power Hour, watching Paddington 1, and you might say, Kurt, you can't keep this gimmick up forever. You're running out of Paddington movies. But little do you know, there is a whole 1980s television series of Paddington Bear. (laughs) So fuck you. We can do this forever. We'll just do one episode each time. My body is ready. (laughs) I'll see if there's a Paddington 3 coming along our way. They gotta be like that movie made good it money. It killed it. Even the first one killed it. The first one yeah. was ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Second one still at a cool one hundred percent. Nobody hates the movie, and they're making good money too. And it's like a- uh, let's look at the box office here. I'm padding ton, padding ton. I did not spell that right. I lost the G off. It's what happens when you can't quite see your monitor for your microphone. Um, it made for Paddington Two made forty million dollars. Paddington One made seventy six million dollars domestically. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, worldwide it made two hundred. Paddington Two made two hundred twenty seven million dollars. I don't know what the budget was. Um. But probably not too high. Oh, maybe high because the first one had a fifty-five million dollar budget, and that made two hundred sixty-eight million dollars worldwide. So they're making money. Yeah, one hundred fifty million dollars of two hundred over two hundred million dollars of profit on the first one, Mm. and probably something similar on the second. So critically acclaimed, financially successful. Fucking why not? Adorable, (laughs) delicious marmalade. It is tastier than marmalade to watch these movies, except uh, when they they tug at your heartstrings. This I'm just I was watching this movie, and I was thinking back to Paddington Two, and I'm like, this bear faces far too much peril, far too often. Yeah, yeah. And the second one, I'm like, oh, what, what happened to the uncle? And Oh, I found yeah. out, and I'm like, We found oh. out what happened to the well, I guess there is a reason to watch the first movie before the second movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well... Well, we didn't we didn't expect the uh, Paddington Power Hour to return so quickly. Yeah, no. Um, or, if at all. <laughs> I, I ride these gimmicks out <laughs> until the bitter end. Speaking of the bitter end, we have a trailer for Ordinary Love. Ooh, Liam Neeson back in a cancer action movie. Where he actually goes in subatomic and fights cancer cells. Fantastic voyage meets Taken. Um, no, that's actually not what this is. This is a uh, contemporary drama about a couple that's been married and they 
They still love each other, which is an impressive feat. <laughs> <laughs> After some odd years of marriage, anything over yeah. five. Yeah. I mean, if you make it past five years, you deserve, like, a medal. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, this is hilarious because bullfrog girls listen to this podcast. Yeah. So they'll be, we'll be facing some questions here. Um, but anyway, um, Liam Neeson and his wife are eating soup, living life as a married couple. They jog together. They eat soup together. Liam Neeson buys a fish. And then... Uh, in the shower, I presume, uh, she finds a lump on her breast, and they go to the oncologist, and it turns out that she has cancer. So it's all about how uh, Liam Neeson's love and support for her uh, helps her through her cancer, and how she... I mean, there seems to be a sub-theme of that she was kind of, you know, feeling a little stuck in the rut, but now she realizes... How good she had it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm gonna... yeah, it's uh, not necessarily the type of movie that I would expect myself or uh, many of our listeners to check out. But if it interests you at all, if you need a good cry, and if you want to see Liam uh, Neeson in a dramatic role, and a much bit... like the ones he did for most of his career, yeah, but people only know him for the. People know him mostly I for that. I think people stuff. know him mostly for Schindler's List. I, you know, I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was just before my time and just I never got onto well, it. Well, technically, it was at our time. I think it came out the same year we were born. Oh. Well, I or wasn't exactly watching movies. Earlier. You didn't come out the womb with your fucking portable DVD player, or I guess at the time it'd be your combo VHS. I had uh, a movie pass. And movie pass right out of the womb. I had a subscription. I was already in debt. (laughs) Just built forever. Uh, Um, Yeah, so that's that's ordinary love. It comes out sometime this year. There is no firm date given. Um. Right. And uh, speaking of chemotherapy and cancer, poisoning your body, uh, Dark Waters is a movie in which Mark Ruffalo uh, uncovers the fact that DuPont Chemical has been poisoning a town in West Virginia for 40 years. And they do the great job of uh, making the score be the the West Virginia song that everybody loves. West Virginia. And then it like devolves into this eerie cluttered mess of a song and when they find out all the cows are dying from the chemicals and whatnot people's teeth are rotting out thanks dupont um this is based on true events um dupont actually was doing this and they were sued for it um this is kind of similar less actiony for sure but Mm -hmm. similar sort of movie to michael clayton um, which is a lawyer uncovers something that he shouldn't, and uh, you know becomes the target of assassination attempts and all that. Um, so similar to that, but definitely it looks more to be dramatic versus uh, actiony. I think it's a good movie. There's I there's a place in my life for movies such as this, and I will I'll check it out. November twenty second, twenty nineteen. The Dark cast, Waters. The cast also looks really good. I mean, we have like Tim Robbins, um, Anne, Anne Hathaway, Hathaway, 
forgot what was that one guy's name. Oh, um, shit. Who? The like the guy who was speaking in the um on the podium. Uh, maybe he was like a uh, Dupont guy or a um. Is it William Jackson Harper? Well, Bill Pullman's in it. That's good. Not William Jackson. Know, William Harper. Jackson. Uh, Victor yeah, Garber. He's the he's the other guy. Victor he's Garber. He's like, is that right? Is that right? Is that right? Is that right? Yes. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, that's you want exactly me to say what's it? Happening. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? He's like, be oh, careful, I just want Dupont. To be you wouldn't like Mark Ruffalo when he's angry. Yeah, you gotta be careful. I love it when the car blows up and uh, Mark Ruffalo comes out as the Hulk, and <laughs> you find out it's actually the. Uh, the Hulk movie, the new Hulk movie, Val and Dupont. Yeah. Hulk takes on Dupont. <laughs> I can Hulk see the versus. comics now. The Hulk versus series gets its most dramatic entry yet <laughs> in Hulk versus Dupont. <laughs> it's just like it's it's a courtroom drama. If she Hulk as the lawyer, <laughs> that's the name of the court case: Hulk versus Dupont Chemicals. Hulk versus Dupont. I like it. I could see it. Uh, I could see it. I don't want to see okay. it necessarily, <laughs> but I could, in fact, see it. Um, uh, speaking of things I, I I don't want to see, uh, The Secret Garden, not my type of movie. So, The Secret Garden is <clears throat> a book. I, I was literally about to say, I'm like, this is probably a book. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, young adult, not really young adult, more like a children, teen, tween novel however um sorry hold my tongue maybe i do want to see it because it's from the producer of harry potter and paddington oh well oh that changes everything that changes my whole narrative i uh clearly this movie will be at least 90 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes and uh everyone should see it um or don't see it if this is so I'm getting a phone call from a strange 212 number. I'm tempted to answer it on air, but I will instead ignore it. <laughs> no, I don't need an insurance extension or something. No, I get <laughs> I I think it's the same number. It's like fucking I think the last one was calling me about my pending divorce. Oh god. <laughs> and like half of it was Chinese. <laughs> Somehow I get all these spam callers on my work phone like the day i got my work phone didn't sign up for anything and i just started getting calls and i'm like why does our company sell our phone numbers to these companies and like it's just fine with it they're like ah they don't they can be bothered like on my fucking work email i get spam emails all the time and i just don't like from like the month I've had it, like it's not out there. I guess it's in a corporate directory, but mm-hmm. like fucking immediately the spam comes. You can't escape the spam. So our IT does a um, a monthly check, and they send out uh, on purpose spam emails just to try to uh, see if anybody falls for it. So we can like right. stay vigilant about spear phishing and whaling and 
all this sort of wailing. I think I think wailing is what it. There's it's it's got a fish theme to it, which is odd. It's like spear well, I know, fishing. I know what fishing is, but like I've never heard of whaling in terms of hacking schemes. It's like when you try. To, I think whaling is like when you try to get a whole group of people, and then fishing is more targeted to in, the individual. Wouldn't whaling be going after whales? I think yeah. Like, I think it's more for like whales. a larger entity. I, there was a whole thing I didn't care to learn about pay attention. <laughs> it was like our training thing and i'm like ah my phone i have facebook and twitter right here though so yeah just go on yeah <laughs> and and they'll just send us emails or like uh chuck from uh this company really wants to talk to you how about you send him some of your private information and and we'll get right on top <laughs> like, it's very blatant and obvious but you got to be like, hey, uh, cybersecurity, uh, I got this email. Yeah, I get emails from nothing like that seems uh, like fishy like that. But uh, like here, you work in this industry, so why not check out this products or come? I've got invited several times to a ceramics conference in like Shenzhen, China. <laughs> Are you still getting... Uh, uh, GMIC emails. Every year. <laughs> Every year. Uh, it's just like, it gives me a sense of FOMO, and I'm like, I want to go back. <laughs> yeah, I do want to go back, but I'm not paying for yeah, it. Yeah, no, fuck that. I'll wait until um, my company can pay for it. Yeah, but the problem is we don't really work in the glass industry, yeah. so it'd be a hard sell for my optics company <laughs> to send me to... <laughs> We grow crystals for lasers. <laughs> um, so anyway, The Secret Garden is a children's <laughs> book. That's how much I care about Secret Garden. Girl finds yeah. a secret garden. I don't know. Uh, it reminds me a lot magical, of... magical, yeah. but in the book it's not actually magic. Ooh. And there's a 1993 movie of this that already exists. Mm, already changing stuff up, I see. It reminds me a lot of The uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, it it does have that same sort of or Britishness to, to it. Bridge to Terabithia, that too. To ter- that I wonder if doesn't she dies. the girl die at the movie? Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We all have our things. <laughs> Dying. We, we all fall it, so. off a log and die. <laughs> I think it was a log or something. I forgot how she died. That sounds like the fucking. Final destination, Jim. This thing, <laughs> yeah, just trips and dies. She just hits a rock that was just strategically placed. Oh, you know what that is? That's the million dollar baby, <laughs> right on the neck. Hilary Swank <laughs> just falls on a fucking stool and breaks her neck. That's why there's no stools allowed in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, the Secret Garden 1993 version. Has a seven point three out of ten on IMDb, so it uh, apparently is good enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that leads us into the rhythm section. It's a movie about a drum line that goes rogue, and they must deploy <laughs> a <laughs> secret hit squad to take them out. No, actually, it's a. Uh, 
it's every femme fatale movie you've ever seen. So I'd prefer if it was about a drum line that's con <laughs> rock. Yeah, I can see that. That'd be that'd be nice. It's some Fast and Furious type family action. <laughs> we're drumline. Oh we're a family. <laughs> that would be fucking great. A Fast and Furious style movie about a rogue drumline. <laughs> One more With time. All the ridiculous over the top action. Like they're like fucking catching missiles in their bass drums and <laughs> flinging it back at tanks. They're just. Slapping people around with their drumsticks, it's like, oh fuck, ow, 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 shit, that really hurts, dude. Yeah, they're dude. using them like a scream of sticks on fucking people. <laughs> you hit me on the funny bone. Ow. Ah, dude, it's like kind of, that kind of hurt. Like, a guy with a it might even bruise. <laughs> guy with a crash symbol comes up and slams him in his ear. Ah, <laughs> mom, ah, dude, you're gonna give me tonight is mom, mom, mom. <laughs> Uh, this is not that movie, unfortunately. <laughs> no, that movie sounds awesome. This movie, however, is fucking Blake Lively with short black hair, uh, looking like a distraught hobo, um, fucking <laughs> trying to get revenge on Al Qaeda. <laughs> yeah, I, she's she's just out for revenge. She's just a citizen out for revenge. I, there wasn't a whole lot of information, but. No, it's every femme fatale movie right down to the kinky sex scene that turns into an assassination attempt. Yep. Uh, which makes me nervous to ever engage in sexual activities of that nature with a strange woman. It's like, you're trying to kill me. I know it. I've seen this movie so many times. Look, you, you legally have to tell me if you're going to try to kill me. I just want to know what I'm yeah. getting myself into. Like, what's the safe word for no, don't assassinate me? <laughs> uh, do you have garrote wire? Let me just I'm check. voting for kumquat. <laughs> it's easy to say, easy to remember, easy to remember, and unlikely to come up in conversation ever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we see her. Unless you're a kumquat farmer, seemingly get guns and try to. Take people out. I don't know. She almost Change looks like a wigs, super agent. Cut her hair. Yeah, this trailer is confusing. It but uh, doesn't tell her tell us her job really. But it seems like she's some sort of uh, CIA or FBI or some sort of secret agent because she obviously has these skills and access to guns and cars and uh, wigs. Yeah, and Jude Law comes and tells her she doesn't know the scale of the shit she's in. They're like, you're going to get yourself killed. And she's like, I don't care. There's random cutaways to a family. Uh, There's blood on her hands, sex, and and running around in a t-shirt. And a bus blows up. Yep, the bus from Fast. And they set her on fire. And they push her down the stairs. And her shoes fall off. It's a real, um, it's it's a a real, real pretty thriller. woman situation. <laughs> and she ends up, oh, this is a pretty we woman prequel. We remember that movie very differently. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty woman prequel. That's what it is. And she ends up on the sidewalk doing tricks. And some guy's like, here, get in. I'll give you money. And then doesn't fuck her. But instead is like, I'll make you pretty. There's this great fucking Alec Baldwin SNL sketch where it's like a pretty woman parody. And 
Alec Baldwin's character in the sketch is like getting the hooker to call her mother and reconnect with her. And she's like, thank you so much for turning me around. He's like, okay, now take off your pants. And she's like, what? I'm like, he's like, this is my thing. I get hookers to connect with their mothers and then I fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) I really like to see that emotional trauma healed. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll see if I can't find it uh, a little bit later because it is quite funny. It's from the era of SNL that was routinely funny. Uh, Bygone era, sadly. Mm Mm-hmm. Now we just have um, SNL cast members getting fired canceled. before they're canceled before they even get on air. Bullshit. Yeah. Over tweets from many years ago. It was over his podcast. So I'm glad that this is going to come back and bite me. In the ass. Yeah. When we fucking flying, when we're running for president, all the fucking shit we've said here. It's gonna fucking leak. Um, <laughs> oh shit! No, I don't. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Nobody wants that job. No, no one's gonna sift through the hours and hours and hours of our catalog trying to find <laughs> shit. No one's that dedicated. <laughs> Nobody could be. Uh, dedicated like Daniel Craig is in Knives Out to find the murderer. Murder. There's been a murder. He suspects foul play. Conk conk. Dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in Knives Out, uh, it seems like there's a very, uh, what's the, the word, um, extravagant or um, just. Just kind of crazy guy who has a he has a bunch of like um decorations and like artifacts uh as decorations around his like office i mean yeah, he has a wall of a knives collector of sorts yeah he's, he's, he's some sort of collector adventurer or something and uh he's got all this he's crazy a geographer shit. oh he's a geographer no oh, i'm tying it to the movie <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, so he, he, he goes around and he, oh yeah, that's right. I that. <laughs> it took you a while. <laughs> the explorer, but he's called a geographer. Um, so this, like, I guess patriarch dies and the, his, his family's coming around for the funeral, I suspect. And, and they're all getting questioned by the police and questioned by, uh, a, what seems to be a detective. Uh, who suspects it's been a murder? And he's just a guy to... who wandered in he's there. Just, he's just a guy. He doesn't work for anybody. He's he's just like ah, I'm a I'm a detective today. <laughs> I'm going to be a detective, and you can't stop me. So the the whole family is arguing with each other, and uh, Captain America's in here being like, ah, I just want the money from the will. I I'm want an the asshole. Money the loot. Yeah. yeah. So it. Uh, Seems like it's going to be a pretty interesting movie because I, I I'm a fan of murder mystery stuff, you know, uh, murder on the Orient Express kind of movies. Yeah, <clears throat> that movie was a good fifteen minutes too long. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully this won't be. I'm just looking now because I don't know what kicked this off in my mind, but. Uh... Today's the day, everyone. People are going to storm Area 51. Um, 
2 million people said that they would storm Area 51, but so far only 150 have showed up. <laughs> no, there, uh, that was uh, yesterday. Yeah. That was, I think they were trying to do it at like uh, midnight. midnight. So if you paid attention to like, I guess Saturday morning, if you were waking up on the East Coast, checking like Snapchat or TikTok, you could see people from Area 51 who were there at like midnight. Because I follow this pretty closely. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was interested to see because like most people joined the group or talked about it like it was a joke. But you're always going to have the people who take it too far or take it too seriously and actually show yeah. up. That's what we were expecting to see. And boy, do we get it. A lot of people showed up. I mean, like, a lot of fucking people showed up to the gates of Area 51. Nobody, I don't, I don't think anybody stormed it. Nobody tried to get in. Yeah. I, I think don't think was, anyone's gonna storm it. It seems like it's just gonna be a social gathering. The one thing I heard was uh, a girl went under, like, a barricade or something and made it about three feet until she was grabbed and thrown back. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing happened. Um, but what they ended up doing was they turned it into a festival, um, and people were calling it Alien Stock. Yeah, that was also... The, well, the Facebook event for that was canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they we had talked the, about that last week. Yeah, they had the guy come out and say it was canceled, but uh, the damage the damage has already been done. <laughs> nobody, I some of these signs are guy. hilarious. Like, there's this woman holding a sign that says Jesus was an alien. <laughs> um, but the best thing that's come out of this was there was a local news reporter. Uh, standing in the desert near Area 51, uh, talking about this supposed event that was going to take place. And in the background, one fucking legend, Naruto ran past him, and it got on camera. I swear, the memes that are coming out of this are just fantastic. The uh, the Jeff Goldblum, where they're like, you did it, you crazy bastards. You fucking did it. <laughs> Like, just everybody just joining up. And, and a lot of the people have the idea, the mentality of, like, oh, it's a meeting of minds. It's meeting of like-minded individuals who all want the truth to come out, but they're not going to do anything of it. There are some people who are, like, because they're, they're, they got questioned, they're like, are you going to storm Area 51? Are you trying to get in? And the one girl was like, uh, she's like, no, of course not. And the one guy was like, well, if everybody else is doing it. <laughs> so, like. I think there was probably a risk of like something happening and somebody trying to get in and them. Oh well, yeah, barge I mean it. it's a perfect. I it's like a perfect cover for like someone who actually wanted to commit an act of terrorism. If all these people were going to storm Area Fifty One, it was sort of risky to be honest. Because like yeah, if what are they going to do? Because they they will shoot. To kill people, like I know people you make are it a attacking joke. a military installation. <laughs> I know people make it a joke to be like, um, th- there was somebody's like uh, screenshot of their computer folders, and they had memes for if we find aliens, and then there was another folder that said memes for when the government kills people, <laughs> and like that's funny, but <laughs> if people ran through the barricades and tried to get in. 
they would have shot them down. Like, yeah. they're not fucking around there at that gate. There were helicopters out already just, like, kind of patrolling the area. So, you know they had just massive amounts of ammunition But what a fucking world we live in where this fucking joke on the internet got so large that the fucking government itself had to fucking, you know, divert resources to ensure that it did not get out of hand. Yeah, I'm sure they had to pull people from their posts and put them out towards the gate because it seemed like as soon as people started showing up, um, there were already guards uh, stationed out there in front of the gates just to kind of uh, maintain order. And normally, I don't believe that's the thing. That's not usually how it is. Because, I've never been to Area 51. So uh, Mr. Beast um, spent a night. He did one of those... Oh, I spent 24 hours at Area 51, but he went to the, the gates of Area 51, which is the same place that these people were at, and he just right. stayed out there. And there were nobody out there. There were just, like, spotlights trained on him, and, right. you know, they, they probably were looking at him, but there wasn't guards posted outside. So this, they actually beefed up security, probably, and... Yeah, they got people, a helicopter flying yeah. around. That's... That ain't cheap to run those things. Yeah, I think the I think the helicopters probably had to come out when there was a few hundred of uh, people who were there because the pictures that are coming out seem like there were a lot of people out there, and that was the morning of uh, September twentieth. That was yeah. yeah, that was pretty nutty. Um, and I believe yesterday there was some sort of festival, and it might be going on throughout the weekend. Or they're doing some sort of alien Woodstock sort of thing. Alien stock. But they like they told uh, residents and company or uh, uh, yeah businesses that the, to expect about a thousand, couple thousand people to you know of tourism. Basically, they probably considered it tourism to come yeah, in. I and, mean, it's probably the only tourism that area of Nevada has ever had. Yeah, I mean, there's some. I think some areas where they're like ah here's my area 51 alien novelty diner or whatever the fuck it is but that's about it well it was a fairly recent development that the united states admitted to the existence of area 51 wasn't it Mm, it might be yeah or might they might have the, the admittance of like secret testing done there i don't know Oh, they're not going to admit to that. <laughs> well, secret testing, you know, there's got to be some sort of thing. Or like the purpose of Area 51. Yeah, it's not aliens, folks. Like, no. Like, if there were aliens there, someone would have wrote a tell-all book about it and fucking made a million dollars. Because no one keeps a secret. Yeah. They would have written the tell-all book and then mysteriously vanished. Yeah, but they would, the, the point is the information would have gotten out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that was neat. The internet did something. Yeah. <laughs> that did something of, pretty cool. Uh, the, yeah, there's no transition uh, from neat to uh, it chapter two. But uh, box office follow-up time, it chapter two. Still number one, but down a heap and helping there. Down yeah. 56.5%. Uh in it just its second week still good for a 39 million dollar take it's made 166 million dollars domestically so far trailing it chapter one by 
almost $80 million. Um, so that's got to mm-hmm. be maybe not a disappointment, but it is going the way we expected it to go. Yeah. Sequels usually don't do as well. Well, well sequels actually usually or, make more money, but aren't as good. Or the, the for, for It, Chapter 2, the sequel. The, yeah. For It. The, the, the less specific, popular part of the book. Yeah. Yeah. The specific It thing is... Chap- yes. The second part is usually not as popular. No. Um, yeah. So that's that's doing its thing. Uh, hot on its heels, somewhat unexpectedly, is Hustlers. The uh, movie about the Cardi B biopic, essentially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. The one that we have a big issue with because the... It seems like the only thing this is about is just strippers stealing from people from men. Yeah, well, it's not even that. It's like these are people who are, you know, just their clientele. It's not like they're fucking. At least in the trailer, they weren't shown to be treating them wrong in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. They're just taking advantage of them for patroning their business. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to go to strip club now after knowing that's a f- possibility. Fuck. Yeah. I just want to get some boobs in my face. Man. Fucking, and the trailer, the line in the trailer is hilarious. It's like, I don't want to be a pen on nobody. And then proceeds to make the entirety of their income by robbing <laughs> other people. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting career move for Cardi B, who <laughs> actually, you know, was under a little bit of heat for doing this similarly. Not as much heat as you would expect for committing uh, a possible yeah. felony cancel culture does not appear to be equal opportunity no <laughs> definitely not and if you know that if you, you you know that if this was a guy who came out and was like oh yeah i used to be a male escort or a male stripper and used to drug women and take their you know purses or whatever yeah at motels like you know that guy would be under so much fucking blast all the karens would be coming out of the woodwork (laughs) tweeting slapping their keyboard as hard as possible saying me too he raped people yeah and just trying to get them their their entire career canceled yep um yeah i mean we we talked about it a little on the stream once, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think the the, the carefully cl- crafted whataboutism uh, with the comparison to Bill Cosby situation was a clever PR move uh, that I think deflected a lot of it. But still, very interesting that she would star in a movie <laughs> about basically the same thing. You think you'd yeah. want to, you know shy away from that distance herself from any sort of you know strippers taking advantage of clientele or stealing from 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 people but no she decided to go for it yeah and uh i mean the movie's made the movie's making money it's making money uh not a lot of money it's made 55 million dollars so far and had a 20 million dollar budget so uh it's making probably, some money. She probably made more money stealing from drugged men. Probably. I would imagine so. 
<laughs> Angel has fallen. Lion Gates Films drops another spot. Two hustlers. That that's got that's bad feels, man. When your movie gets beaten up by hustlers. Oh no. <laughs> uh, well, it's in its fourth week, so I yeah. guess that's that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it's very top heavy box office, like thirty million for one and two, and then four million down from yeah. <laughs> from three on. So four point four nine million down twenty five percent, and it's leaving theaters in just its fourth week. $116 million worldwide for Angels Fallen off a $40 million budget. So, profit. Good Boys down 22.9%. Um, a lot of these movies aren't down a lot just because they didn't have very far to fall. Um, that made $4.2 million. It's also leaving theaters. Uh, $93 million worldwide for Good Boys. The Lion King still... Still in fifth in its ninth week. Wow. $3.6 million, down only 15%. Still hanging around in 2,000 theaters. Um, That's a lot for yeah. the ninth week. Shit. It, it's made $1.6 billion. Yeah. It's a lot of dough. That is a lot of money. Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. It's still in the top 10, <laughs> number That's 6, uh, $2.79 million, uh, down 26.7%, uh, still in 2,000 theaters, and it's made $742 million worldwide uh, off a $200 million budget. So. so this is ranked, is this the fifth in the franchise, the, in the ranking-wise? Yes. So this, that's what that means? Okay. It's above the original Fast and Furious, uh, the Fast and F- the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which was far and away the least successful. Yeah. Because it was a completely different cast and story. Okay. Well, this was uh, uh, this was a mwah, chef kiss. This is a great masterpiece. It was. Or... Uh, a dumpster fire. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really, really torn on this. It's either it's either the I'm best movie I've in seen the camp long time. that it's a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we'll, we'll put it in the museum. We'll put it, it deserves a a display case. It is perhaps the best unintentional action comedy that's ever been made. <laughs> um, <laughs> Overcomer. Jesus Legs um, made another $2.7 million, and it's in more theaters. No, why? <laughs> it only costs $5 million to make, and it's fucking fourth week. It's still making half its production Jeez. budget. Wow. It's oh, made, God, $5 million? <laughs> Yeah, it's made $30 million. Uh, it's it's climbed the ranks of the Christian movie leaderboards all the way up to 20. It is now... Above both Veggie Tales movies, so uh, yeah, there's that. I just realized if like if like churches like got movie rights and stuff like that, and like got a, a good enough projector to play these movies, I feel like movies like this would kill there. 
Well, yeah, they'd be popular. I'm sure Hell they have, yeah, that's a they have good... movie nights at some churches, and I'm sure they view movies such as this. It's not they, You can't just do The Passion of the Christ 52 weeks a year. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not going to work. I, th- I, think there's, I think there's an untapped market that they're not taking advantage of. You want the churches that charge people to see these movies? Oh, oh hell yeah. Why wouldn't they just go to the movie theater? Because this is more spiritual. You know, <laughs> religious people buy into that shit. <laughs> Come praise with one another. Why wouldn't the why wouldn't the churches just fucking yeah. buy blocks of I mean, they'd have to pay the studio minimums. You know, that's a lot of money for a supposedly non-profit entity it would probably yeah. be easier for them to just buy blocks of tickets don't you remember when tyler perry came on the oh, screen oh yeah that's right they did they <laughs> and said you can get special discount pricing for your you congregation can. you can do that oh shit that's what they were doing okay well i'm just thinking move out the middleman <laughs> And, and cut Tyler and Perry like, out of this. Yeah, <laughs> cut Tyler Perry. Not nah, get him in on this. He'll he'll put up the money. He'll put up the startup fees for some churches. Uh, tweet tw- tweet this idea at him. Yeah, Tyler Perry. How about show Christian movies in the churches? <laughs> then you can talk about it for forty five minutes afterwards. Yeah. And how that made you feel? I'm sure it will be more popular than Sunday school. Yeah, they can show all the Medea movies in there. Oh, that'd be perfect. Uh, yes, the good Christian value movies that are the Medea movies. <laughs> a movie about a former prostitute, I think. I don't even know what her thing is. Yeah, pretty much. But the word pimp is used a lot, so I don't think it's exactly <laughs> appropriate for churches. Um, although Mary Magdalene was a whore. The peanut butter falcon climbing its way up into the top 10, rolling out in more theaters, uh, losing more money. (laughs) Uh, 1.84 million for the peanut butter falcon in its sixth week, but still in less than 1,500 theaters. It has made $16 million domestically, and I'm going to blow my nose. Let's see what the um, I'm interested to see what that budget was. The, the the budget is not on here. It's all Shia LaBeouf. It's all Shia LaBeouf money. And I'm glad that it's getting so because it looked like a good movie to be honest. Uh, yeah, it was movie. Huckleberry uh, Thin with uh, six point two million dollar budget. With a uh, d- what's well, PC word for it? It's not the R word. I know that one. Uh, developmentally disabled. Yeah, too many words. <laughs> it's two it's words. Slow. <laughs> a little off. A little funny. <laughs> a little soft in the head. <laughs> it's getting worse. <laughs> um, it's saying the budget is six. Million. Yeah, six point two. Okay, that's good. Paddington Two budget, just to follow up from last year, week, uh, forty or from earlier, forty million dollar budget, and it made. Uh, well, we'll briefly talk. Dora rounds out the top ten with another one point eight million dollars. It's made ninety million dollars up forty million, forty nine million dollar budget. But anyway, back to the shit people care about. Paddington Two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, made $227 million worldwide off a $40 million budget. So that is $187 million of profit. So it's a profitable franchise. It's a critically acclaimed franchise. Make a third one, goddammit. Yeah. Um, I did look that up briefly, and the talks of there being a Paddington 3, I think the director's uh, pretty certain it will be made. Uh, not sure if the script is in development yet, but um, better be here soon. Does it have an IMDb page, perhaps? I do not believe so. Uh, when I saw Paddington... Oh, well, actually it does. I don't know why that didn't come up when I first saw it. <laughs> uh, plot undisclosed, the third installment of Paddington. Uh, writers Michael Bond, Mark Burton. It says 2020 on it. Yeah, it says 2020. So, oh my God. Not only is there a Paddington Bear cartoon show from that r- has run from 1997 to 2013, <gasps> there is also a Paddington Bear live action television show with three seasons. Is that the one from 76 to 93? Oh, wait, hold on. I'm not sure. They appear to be the same show, actually. Hell yeah. Um, what the fuck is the Wombles? Um, It's the store brand Wiggles. <laughs> Excuse me? The Wombles. The misadventures yeah. of fantasy folk community dedicated to cleaning up litter... And put it to their own use. <laughs> Excuse me? Am I in a fever dream? <laughs> I'm watching this Paddington fucking uh, TV series and it feels like I'm in a fever dream. <laughs> I'm down for it. The Paddington Power Hour. Yeah. <laughs> What's the <so> Wombles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It looks like a fucking discount Muppets. I know. Fucking. Is this a Jim Henson thing? No. Oh, no. What's this movie or show? What? Bagpuss. Bagpuss. <laughs> That's the risky click of the day right there. <laughs> it was like, it was like. With the Wombles, it was like, if you're interested in this, look at this. TV series in 1974, Bagpuss and his friends are toys in a turn-of-the-century shop for, quote, found things. And young Emily brings them a new object. The toys come to life to work out what the strange new thing is. Uh, What a strange new thing could possibly be. Well, now I'm interested in this. Yeah. Bagpusses. Bagpuss. <laughs> uh, I think it's about like a stuffed cat. Or a stuffed animal cat, not a taxidermy yeah. cat. <laughs> <laughs> Children's show about a taxidermy cat. Not not a whole lot uh, into it. Um, the episodes of this patented television series are not as acclaimed as the movies. 
Well, that's just that's just wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine a Paddington anything being less than 95%. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, there's a user list that's just called Bears. Bears. And it's fucking Paddington 2014 Paddington Bear. Oh my god, there's so many Paddington Bear related properties. Holy fuck. And then after all the Paddington, there's Brave, Brother Bear, Balto, The Adventures of Teddy Ruxpin, Song of the South. Uh, It's a bear title. (laughs) Wait a minute. Song of the South has a 7.1 IMDb rating. Makes sense. (laughs) Only is it 54% on on Metacritic, though. Okay, I guess we see where they're. Yeah. Alliances lie. The Yogi Bear Show. Uh, the Muppet Show. Fox and the Hound. Tailspin. Rupert. Book of Pooh. Jungle Book. Robin Hood. Care Bears. Berenstein Bears. Uh, Little Bear. Bear in the Big Blue House. New Adventures oh, of Winnie the Pooh. Love that show. Do you? Yeah, Bear in the Big Blue House. Watched that shit like crack when I was young. I was more of a Sesame Street man myself. Gaming what? news. I was going to say, remember that bitch with the clock? Make her legs into the, the hands of the clock. Oh, Big Comfy Couch. Yeah. That was my ish. <laughs> That was your early life fetish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got some new Pokemon news. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield officially revealed Sir Fetched is the sword exclusive evolution for Farfetched. Yeah, and the um, the rumor is um, that the and and a lot of these rumors are are coming true. So I'm going to give them a little bit more weight that the shield exclusive is going to be an electric type uh, evolution of Chatot. Chatot. I guess that's what they're going with. That would not be on my top list of Pokemon that I would like to see an evolution for. No, I don't I don't think so. Um, there's plenty of other ones. Um, mainly from the Kanto region, because I think there are a lot of cool... Justice for my boy Baskaloon from Gen 5. Baskaloon would be cool. Uh, Dunsparce, I could also see. I feel like Dunsparce I think is, Dunsparce uh, needs one to be relevant. Tapped hidden potential. Maybe yeah. dragon type. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Pokemon Uranium, a fan game, had a uh, evolution for Dunsparce, and it was normal dragon. And it was pretty decent. Um... Yeah. The leak also includes some information about Star Revolutions. Uh, Scoble will evolve into Sizzle and Inteleon and will have a spy theme. Scorbunny will remain a pure fire type, be called Reboot, and learn fighting type moves. So, unfortunately, no fire ground typing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a missed opportunity, but. We haven't had a fire, uh, mono fire type in a long time. I think the. Last um, one was uh, Delphox. Typhlosion. Delphox was pure fire. Wait, no, that was fire. Psychic. That was fire psychic. Yeah. Um, 
Split. No, firefighting. Yeah, I think you're right. Typhlosion was the only mono fire, actually, I think. Yeah, Charizard yeah. was fire flying. So that, that, that'll be neat to see. Um, well, and I'm, mean, I'm glad it's not a firefighting again, even though they're saying it's going to learn fighting type moves. Well, it hasn't been a firefighting in a while. But we have like four. We have... Blaziken, Infernape, Embor... Embor. Three, we sorry. We have three. three. Yeah. And... <laughs> three of eight. Let, let's be honest. Uh, um, shit, what's his name? Incineroar. The cat. Incineroar is like... They were thinking they wanted to do fire the fighting, but they went with Dark. Because um, he's a heel. Because, yeah. He's a heel. Um, but... I can also see him being fighting because he's wrestling, you know? Yeah. Uh, Borderlands 3 is full of a lot of Easter eggs, and most amusingly amongst them is an Easter egg where when a character deals exactly 69 damage, they will chuckle. (laughs) I have not experienced this yet. It is difficult to do exactly 69 damage. Yeah. Um, But, uh... That's a thing. Also a thing is the Bloody Harvest DLC. Borderlands officially announced its first DLC event, Bloody Harvest, which will be a free, limited-time event to all players next month in the spirit of Halloween. Spoopy season, bitches! Nice. Uh, It will introduce new Halloween-themed legendaries, character skins, enemies, environments, and a new but familiar boss. Before gaining access to the Bloody Harvest map, however, Borderlands 3 players will be given a task of defeating some haunted enemies. Haunted enemies are a new type of enemy which will spawn a ghost once defeated. Ghosts will then need to be beaten, but they come with a new debuff dubbed Terror. This creates a mist and blocks visions, similar to the Katagawa Jr. fight, I'm assuming, Um, Hmm. and weakens accuracy, handling, and spread. Borderlands 3 players can earn a shield that utilizes this new terror debuff. But that's not the only loot available. The Bloody Harvest event will also give players a chance to unlock two new legendaries as well as a grenade mod based on the event. Borderlands 3 players will be able to access Bloody Harvest, earn access by defeating so many ghosts and earning Hectoplasm, something designed to be given to Maurice, a new character found aboard Sanctuary. Doing this will take players to the map, where various Halloween-themed critters such as rack-o'-lanterns are ripe for the slaying. <laughs> uh, that's not, however, as Captain Truant returns for the DLC. This time around, he is a skeletal Captain Haunt, and he will have some new powers to use against the Vault Hunters. However, Borderlands 3 loot will work for him, will remain to be seen, but he's likely to be worth the grind. The DLC will come out. Um, actually, it has no specific release date yet. Um, sticking with Borderlands Three, um, Borderlands Three has received a new hotfix. Unfortunately, it is not a performance patch. So, those of you still suffering from performance issues are going to have to wait a little bit longer before Gearbox releases a patch to fix those. Uh, this patch changed a few things. Uh, it f- nerfed Mayhem Mode loot drops and loot drops in other areas as well. I've noticed a 
distinct uh, decrease in the drop late rate of legendaries myself. Uh, farming a boss, you used to be able to get a legendary like every third time you've killed the boss. Now it takes mm-hmm. longer. Um, it also fixes a few bugs in the game. Nothing really notable. Uh, they also nerfed the loot of the Chupacabra, uh, which is an endgame enemy that drops has a chance to drop all the loot in the over ninety five percent of the loot in the game now. I think. Hmm. Okay. Um. Wow. Not all at once, obviously. But yeah. Like, no. That no. it's loot pools. That the big. possible. Yeah. The possible pool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um. Yeah. So we still aren't getting a performance patch quite yet. Uh. That would be. Would be big. I would appreciate that. Um, cause right, the game runs well enough, but could run a bit better, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, France is in the news. French court has ruled that Valve must let Steam users resell their digital games. Oh. So if that sticks and matriculates internationally, all those Steam games you bought and have never played might be worth something. So uh, a little bit of I excitement there. I suspect the GameStop style will give yeah, you I'm sure. 30 pence. <laughs> a couple pence. <laughs> Just like not a lot. Yeah, but but that is nice because I, mean, I, know, I know people who have like a huge library that they'd never touch. Yeah. I blame Humble Bundle personally. <laughs> uh, Mixer has just rolled out ads on the platforms, but they are not featuring a revenue split with creators. So um, that's probably going to lead to some tension <laughs> later. That is definitely going to lead to some tension. Um, that's a rumor anyway. Uh, the one reached for comment. Microsoft spokesperson uh, did not directly address whether or not that it was true, saying simply, we are always testing, exploring new features and monetization options for Mixer creators, but have nothing more to share at this time. We'll see where that goes. Um, The end may be near for Anthem. Uh... Anthem's Cataclysm event was received well by the community, uh, but unfortunately, uh, in a release outlining the future plans for the game, no long-term vision was revealed, and it is possible that it is entering maintenance mode and will reach end of life soon, which is... Uh, a bit bigger a deal for a game that's kind of always online. Uh, this reminds me of there was a game called Dark Spore, which was a sequel of sorts to Spore, and it was a online-only hack-and-slash sort of uh, beat-em-up. And one day, they took the servers offline, and it is now unplayable for oh, a large portion of the community. So this is a problem with always online shit. We're at the mercy. Yeah, I mean... I know Dave um, experienced that with uh, uh, Nazgoth. Yeah. If you remember, I remember that game. I remember him trying to get us to play that. It was I, I played it for quite a while, and I did get my one friend into it, and it was actually a really fun game, and it ran really well. Uh, 
but I, I think the player base just wasn't there. They couldn't keep the upkeep of the servers, and I, I know Dave was really good at it, but damn, if that if any game I would like to see a comeback, it'd be that game, to be honest, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. Some games are just kind of lost to the, lost the world. To yeah. Lost the world, like Darkest Peru. The home, as we found, of one Paddington Bear. And his aunt and uncle. His aunt and uncle, whose uncle name I uh Oh shit. I forget. Um, um It was something strange. It was it it was the name of like uh A boxer, yeah. A boxer that he met. At a bar once, yeah. Which is um funny. let's see. Oh no. Um Oh, they're making another TV show for Paddington. Um Wait, yeah, is this a TV series? Is, this doesn't have a date on it. Um okay, so here we are. Uh happens upon a previously unknown a a British geographer happens upon a previously unknown species of bear. He is unable to shoot it and takes take back a specimen to the United Kingdom when a second bear playfully takes his gun away and saves his life by removing a deadly scorpion from his jacket. Uh, Uncle Pastuzo. Pastuzo, that's the one. So he's living with his Aunt Lucy and Uncle Pastuzo. And uh, he was just a young bear. We never meet his parents. And... Yeah, um, he said his, his parents died when he was a cub. And we saw in Paddington 2 that they uh, they saved him. From an untimely demise. Uh, yes. On a, a vine bridge. Yep, they were just sitting up there eating marmalade. And they yeah, went down. so they... Aunt Lucy... Did Aunt Lucy uh, try to go down there, or was it Pazuzo? I think Aunt no. Lucy went down there, and then Pazuzo yanked them both up. Yeah. So Which they... ironic, because it was um, the, the mother... I forget her name. Uh, was it Mary? Yeah, Mary. It was the mother who who, you know, went out of her way to save Paddington at Paddington Station. Ah, little parallels that we see here. <laughs> yeah, the masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, in, in this movie, the this this geographer explorer can't take the shot and uh he ends up being the befriending the these bears yes uh, aunt lucy and he, he names them lucy and and Pesuzo. and uh teaches them to speak english yeah and it seems like he gives them a um uh a sen- uh, stenographer or a, a recorder of some sort that like kind of i guess teaches them the rest of the way uh of english yeah she gave them some information and stuff about London, uh, snow globe and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we flash forward to Paddington, and it's marmalade day. The oranges are ripe, and they're making their marmalade. And then later that night, disaster strikes as an earthquake rocks the home of, of Paddington, Pastuzo, and uh, Aunt Lucy. And uh, Pastuzo, unfortunately, is distracted by his the loss of his home and 
doesn't make it to the shelter in time and is killed. And like the first ten Actually, minutes of the movie, yeah. they fucking kill off Uncle Pastuso. I was like, "What the fuck, dude? This is a kids' movie." And I was, shattered. I was watching it with, I was watching it with my one roommate, Katie, and she was like, "I'm gonna fucking cry." <laughs> fuck it, I almost fucking cried. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think it was gonna be this sad. I covered my mouth. I was, I was with both hands, and I was like, shocked and gobsmacked at what I had seen. I was like, this this fucking bear who did nothing wrong to anybody faces so much trauma in his life, but has the 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 will to keep this happy attitude and and put him put others before himself and maintains his manners. Honestly is Paddington Bear is a example for us all to follow. Yes. I mean, here's a guy who regularly faces deadly peril and lost his uncle, lost his parents, or never knew his parents, uh, and, you know, had to travel from Peru to London and just faces so much adversity in his life, and he still has a very positive outlook, and it's just... While people are trying to fucking kill him? Yeah, like, that's... On a regular basis? (laughs) That's one thing about this particular film that I don't think worked for me as well as probably why it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes instead of 100% is the villain of this movie was a little I think too extreme for the tone of the Paddington movies yeah I can see that definitely she was and she was uh, very I guess um, just straightforward on the nose malicious Whereas in Paddington 2, you can compare it to the villain there who was out for money that he yeah. thought was his. Well, the motive for this villain was, I want to kill you because my father disgraced our family because he didn't kill you. And his, He's not memorialized by having a stuffed bear. Like, yeah. It, it was a little... The motives wasn't there for me. I was just like, ah, just like a straightforward villain. Yeah, like fucking with Paddington 2, I think the villain was cartoony enough for the type of movie it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, where this movie, this villain was a little like, I don't know, like homicidal. and The bear was almost cremated. Yeah. Which, which also I was like, why the fuck would you want to do that? You're you're ruining what you're trying to get your hands on. Like you're trying to taxidermy Paddington. Uh, why would you want to like incinerate him? I don't think she set off the. I think it was a chain of events that set off the uh, oh, fire in the chimney. Yeah, I don't think she was directly uh, responsible. But yeah, okay. the fucking Paddington was almost burned alive. He was trying to escape on his Hoover vacuums and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love I love the fact like we talked about how Paddington Two is a legitimately well made movie. This movie also so, uh, and you see some of the stuff from this movie even carried over into Paddington Two, like keeping the sandwich in your hat for emergencies. Uh, in Paddington Two, when uh, the chef is gonna uh, attack him, he he sh- he has his emergency sandwich that he shoves in his mouth and it saves his oh, ass. I forgot about it. The emergency sandwich saved him. Twice in the series. 
This is amazing. They better keep that up with the third one, though. The emergency sandwich has to save him in the third movie. As Uncle Pastuzo says, a wise bear always keeps a sandwich in his hat for emergencies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I knew that was going to come back. And when I when he was walking up and they cut over to the pigeon, I'm like, oh, this emergency sandwich is going to come and save him. And I was like, the fucking pigeon scene paid off? Are you kidding me? Yes, they pay oh, like, off that's like amazing. everything. Um, oh, I was I was I was dumbfounded. I was like, all right, I thought that was just a throwaway scene in the beginning of the movie where the the pigeons were ravaging him trying to get a sandwich, but yeah. but how he turns out he's like, ah, oh, he knows that pigeons will go ham for some marmalade sandwich. Yeah. Um, they did a little bit of the, you know, each member of the family having their own little arc that kind of pays off. It wasn't as pronounced as it was in the second movie. Um, you know, the, the son came in with the chemistry set and opened Mm -hmm. the blue, opened the door and then turned off the lights and the mom didn't really have much of anything. Uh, she had the sewers, I guess. I guess, but that was more of. The daughter not being the daughter embarrassed by it. Sewers. Yeah, and then, like, her learning Chinese, which I guess is close to bear, where she can understand bear, <laughs> oh, or she's yeah, really good at learning right. linguistics. Was I don't that... know what the story there was. <laughs> the linguistics of, like, that made me laugh my ass off when he's like, well, what's your name? And Paddington is just like, Rawr. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just try. like. <laughs> and he tries it, and he's like, that is very rude. That is very rude. <laughs> um, yeah, and the harsh stare came back. <gasps> Loved it. I was like, yes, it's the hard stare from Aunt Lucy. <laughs> the same reaction, too. Like, it's getting warm and flushed and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you feel feel warm, feel sweaty. Feel flushed, yeah. Um, that was a hard hijinks, stare. Just, uh, yeah, oh, and then wonderful movie. <laughs> The fucking Rube Goldberg esque shenanigans that happen with like the 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 oven. Yeah, I I saw the oven turn on. And I'm like, fuck, uh, this is gonna get bad. <laughs> like, yeah, this never ends positively. I don't know how this is gonna work out, and it did. It was, I mean, there was a fireball, but it wasn't uh, stuff. But this movie was a lot sadder than Paddington Two, I think. Yeah. There was like I was I I had seen Paddington two, knew he survives into the next one, but I was still nervous. Yeah, and like, you know, people were so mean to him. Like in the second one, the community loves and respects Paddington, and then he faces some adversity, and then he gets the prison community to love and respect him. Yeah, and then that comes back to everyone coming to help him out in his time of need. And this movie, he just faces adversity all over the place. Like yeah. every, it's like one step forward and two step back from the entire movie, right up until the end, where he's accepted yeah. by the family. Yeah, cause nobody, nobody's really accepting him, but he keeps on trudging along and and you know trying to make a name for himself and be accepted. Yeah, and he, he uh, finally does. But the majority of the movie, you're kind of like, ah, oh, this sucks. Yeah, and you feel like things are going to turn around at certain points. Like when he catches the pickpocket, you think that's going to be a turning point. And it is a little bit. The kids start to accept him at that point. Yes. Um, yeah, the kids start to accept him, and then that you know kind of turns the mother, and she tries to turn the father. Well, the mother the was always time. on board. I yeah, 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 the mother was always on board. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then he, you know, he's fucking running for his life, and then 
you know, the fireball and they don't believe him. And then he's, he's back on the streets and, you know, it seems like every time something positive happens for Paddington, something negative happens uh, in short mm-hmm. order. Uh, like at the geographer's guild when he, you know, they blow up the pneumatic system and all that stuff. Cause it's marmalade sandwich. <laughs> duck in the pneumatic <laughs> tube. Um, yeah, it just it feels uh, if it was a is a much sadder tone in this movie, but it, it all worked out. It's still a good family movie. It's it's not as good as the sequel. I think this is a another one of the rare lines where the sequel is better than the original. Um, because they learned. I feel I I could see watching this. Uh, what they did, they kept what worked in this, and then they they improved upon what didn't in the sequel, which is what a sequel should do. Yeah. Yeah, um, they they really kept it up with the filmography, of or the uh, the, um, the cinematography, the cinematography, um, where they took this and it it they kept it into Paddington two, and which expanded was a great it. Thing. Um, and, and they expanded. They worked. They they knew that like storybook aspect that they did at the end of the movie, really probably killed it in the first one, or like you know not killed it in a bad way, but killed it in a good way. Yeah. So they made that a. A primary focus in one of the scenes in the second one, and that really worked well for them. And uh, I mean, whoever did the animation for Paddington, ugh, God bless him, because that it's still you know top notch. Yeah, it looks animation really for a good. Bear. And I mean, it was the small stuff that I saw, like uh, when he was in the chimney trying to climb out. The small stuff, like seeing the scratches go down from his claws trying to climb up, and yeah. And the after effects that you know isn't going to be left there because he's animated, but they end up putting it in the movie. Yeah, in the final cut, it was, it was just really, really solid work. Yeah, and these, these like, it's not like these movies are. Uh, I I don't even know what what I'm trying to get across here, but they're well made movies. The reason they're as well received as they are is because they are legitimately well made movies. They're well mm-hmm. acted. They're well written, they're well directed, uh, and everything you know comes back. Like there's nothing. Your intelligence is never insulted. Things don't happen for no reason. Uh, everything comes back uh, to pay off in the end in some yeah. way. Yeah, and that's another thing is that the, the the payoffs in this movie are just the same as the payoffs in Paddington Two. There are probably more payoffs in Paddington Two, but. There wasn't a scene that was a throwaway scene. Yeah. There was every scene had a purpose. Every you know, I always go back to what what you've said and what I've heard is that every cut has a purpose. Yeah, and I felt that in this movie, and it was every scene had a direction and it had a purpose, and it it paid off in the end to help elevate the the plot of the movie Uh, yeah um it is it is a towering achievement of cinema uh truly uh not quite on the level of its successor but it is is a heck of a foundation so uh i i am legitimately looking forward to paddington uh three and i will see it in theaters and we'll make peter watch it um 
it, it yeah, they're just great movies for the whole family, and it's difficult to make a good family movie because a good family movie is a movie that you can watch with your entire family and everyone in the family, regardless of age group or where they're at in their lives, can come away from it with something they enjoyed. And that's very difficult to do. You have to like catch a wide range of audiences and stuff. And they do that very well here. Like, uh, you know, there's stuff for kids and, and teens in there. And then there's also adult humor. Like when. Yeah, like, like the comedy yeah, in this movie. When like, he's, the- he's in drag and Paddington's like, I think you look very pretty. And he says under his breath, yeah, that's what they'll say in prison. Like, adults <laughs> know what that means and they'll laugh at that. Uh, and kids will just be like, oh, Paddington's so nice. You know, like it. It's difficult. Yeah. It's the Disney uh, principle where, or maybe more of the Pixar principle where in the Pixar movie, you know, you go back and you watch it as an adult and you see the uh, humor that was left in there for adults that you didn't pick up on as a kid. Uh, that's enough to keep you interested as an adult, uh, but doesn't distract from what makes the movie interesting for kids yeah and there's there's not there's not a whole lot like i feel like watching like some child movies or uh movies for younger audiences there's a lot of like throwaway jokes that are like cheap laughs like fart jokes the family guy principle yeah and and they don't really they don't lead on that pretty much at all i think there was one scene where Paddington lifts his leg, but then the the you think he's in a fart, but then the um the the ship horn goes off. Yeah. And I was like, okay, they didn't go for it, but they sort of went for it, but it kind of it worked. Yeah. And and you know any other movie probably would have been like let it let out a fart or something like that, and then kids would have laughed and parents would have rolled their eyes, but but instead they went a different direction with that. And they didn't lean heavily on any throwaway potty jokes or you know, stuff to get cheap laughs out of because they knew that their writing was uh, to a point where they could do actual comedy yeah. with it being clean and uh, funny and entertaining. Yeah, all the jokes for all were, were contextual, and they you know they worked within the scene, uh, and you know they they set up scenes that were somewhat absurdist. Like with the uh, the grandma and the security guard. Well, she's not really their grandma, but like the drinking contest with them. Yeah, you know, like that's a yeah. It's an absurd premise, and you know they carried it out. It so it's not like you know everything is like well crafted, dry British humor. But for the most part, it is. And you know when they have the ridiculous premise in there, it works because you can do it every so often. But when you do it the whole movie, that's when you know it becomes a different kind of humor entirely. Um, like the uh, like the um, uh, Mr. Brown going to the hospital with his pregnant wife on the motorcycle, and they're all yeah, <laughs> this is never going to change us. And then he immediately comes out of the hospital, <laughs> being like completely changed. I got. She's like, "Oh, where's your motorcycle?" It's like, "I got a new car. It's much safer." <laughs> she's like, "Oh, but it's the what? What's that color?" He's like, "It's beige. It's a neutral tone." <laughs> I was like. I was like, yes, that's exactly how it is. I love it. It, yeah. it was some quality comedy right And there. that's something that is more geared for the adults in the audience, but isn't like boring for the kids in the audience because there's some 
you know, just baseline humor that you'll understand on that age, but it works more for the adults. Yeah. So a difficult thing to do to make a family movie that's as as uh, universal uh, as the ones in Paddington. So much ups to the writers, uh, Paul King, the director, also the writer. Um, yeah. Great job. And uh, I look forward to more of your work and seeing more of your work. So that's a wrap on Paddington Power Hour for this week. Uh, the Saturn Studs podcast will return next week for episode 178. Um, we will be live in studio, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. for episode 178. I really hope that it's 178. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it was 176 last week, so I'm going to roll with it. Um, but uh, as we've said, Peter's travel plans arrangements have changed. We will be streaming uh, this week. Um, and possibly next week. It depends. It's going to be a little little tricky to get it next week. I don't know if we're going to be able to. We'll have the computers for it, but I don't think we'll have enough. Uh, like, I don't know that we'll be able to, like, switch over Epic Games Store accounts uh, or not. Uh, but we'll, we'll, do an exper- we'll do experiments. We'll see if we can yeah. get it going. If we can't. We'll uh, either just not have a stream that weekend or uh, stream something else. Yeah, stream something else, yeah. Uh, we'll do that too. But yeah, we, you will. there will be no dearth of content, rest assured. We will be back with more Borderlands 3, uh, trying to work our way through the campaign. Uh, hopefully we can get through that uh, fairly quickly because I would like to be you know, in a position where we've done Mayhems or close to level 50 by the time this DLC rolls out so we can keep the good gear and all that Mm -hmm. uh but we shall see how that works out for all of us so that will be live tonight eight ish on twitch mixer and youtube uh links to all those can be found at saturnstuds.com as well as our social media pages uh twitter at studs saturn and facebook.com backslash saturn studs again saturnstuds.com is the place to go for all that plus more bios on your hosts uh, a blog that is infrequently updated and a uh, archive of all 177 episodes of the saturn studs podcast i know most podcasting apps only uh hold the last 25 so if you want to go back deeper and mm-hmm. uh, listen to uh, maybe I don't know how long ago we did Paddington too, but I think that's probably in the last twenty five episodes. But yeah, it has to be. Um, go back deeper to other stuff like uh, we referenced the Force Awakens a lot. If you want to watch the first episode of the podcast, which was a nearly ninety minute review of just that movie, <laughs> um, that's yeah. all that mo- show was was just that one review. Um, you can do that. You can check out uh, stuff from the the middle area, middle era, the mid twenties, where Peter and I were just winging it every week, and then uh, when Jake joined the show, it's, it's all there for you. The archive is uh, yeah complete. I think there are a couple episodes that are maybe missing, uh, f- that have just been deleted for one reason or another off uh, our archive hosting site, but. Uh, if there is an episode that's missing and you really want to hear it, chances are I have it somewhere. And uh, you can reach out to us at Twitter or on Facebook or email us, saturnstuds.gmail.com or do something on the website. 
many ways to get in contact with us, many hours of show to listen to, many hours of gameplay footage to watch on the YouTube channel. Uh, so there's no shortage of sound studs. So if this is your first time and you want you want to get your fix, you want to binge out on Saturn Studs and then never listen to it again because you've binged out on it, <laughs> you can do that. I don't recommend you do it because we get better and better each week. So uh, yes. Uh, until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Bye-bye.